episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, I think you might recognize this sounds a little bit different than the quality that you're used to. Well, that's because this is a vacation episode, recording this on the fly. I'll get into my specifics here in just a bit. But on this episode, we're going to be giving a quick recap of Sonoma because we did pretty well there. I probably would just skip over that part, but We are definitely going to take a little bit of a victory lap when it comes to Sonoma because things went really, really great. And then we're going to give a look ahead here after this off weekend for NASCAR. Now looking ahead to Nashville is where we're making our picks. And, you know, on the episode this week, typically, you know, kind of did the same thing last time. Um, And it worked out pretty well for us at Sonoma. Typically like to talk about maybe three outrights and, three finishing positions, three head-to-heads, and just have a nice little buttoned-up episode. But this week, um, just really looking at the board, writing down some picks, and um, going to be presenting those to you here in just a bit. So I have a couple reasons for a couple different drivers for some outrights, one top 10, and two head-to-head matchups that really stand out to me. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, get these points across and cash some more tickets like we were at Sonoma, because in that road course race, that OG race, it was a great day for the podcast. We hit Martin Truex Jr. 33-1, to kind of talked myself into the outright, if you remember, to that episode, uh, was really on the plus 650 for the top Toyota, but on the NASCAR betting preview show that we did, I kind of used Truex as the, the outright pick there and um, doubled down on the pod 33-1, and my goodness, I mean, does that feel so good? And looking back at it, I mean, we were trying to say, you know, looking at Truex, if he were to win, in hindsight, we'd be saying, yeah, of course, right? He's a two-time winner in the last four races. It makes sense that somebody like that would win. The value there was just too good to resist. And so luckily, we're able to kind of look back and say we had the foresight. Uh, we didn't even have to, you know, use hindsight. We had the foresight to take MTJ and manned that feel really, really good on Sunday. So then a couple other hits that went our way, we called out Busher McDowell and, you know, for top tens. And it was a little nerve wracking because of the fact that we didn't have stage breaks and, you know, were those guys going to be able to perform in qualifying like they did a year before? And they came through for us, man. They, they really looked good in qualifying and they held their positions. McDowell was getting a little uh, scary towards the end. I mean, it wasn't in like 20th or anything. He was just flirting with that 10th place spot. It ends up locking it up for us. So that felt really good. We had McDowell over Suarez as a head-to-head matchup. That felt good. Toyota plus 300. Just really good numbers here. We're ripping off. And then we added a few. Elliott top five was a nice hit. And then the grid position under 8.5. Truex started eighth in that race. So that was a hit. And I think, you know, we're going to talk about road courses in general, but the reason that one hit is because of the no stage break situation. I mean, the good cars were starting up front. It was just so hard to pass, as you saw. And, um, yeah, made sense to take that bet, and we'll look to see if we can do that again in some of these other road course races. So 
We have to talk about a couple of the misses, though. We talked about Austin Singer quite a bit on last podcast, and he was just downright awful. I mean, really bad. Really not sure what the hell was going on with Austin Cindric, but he was uh, just a shit show. So anything we took on him, whether it was an outright or head-to-head or top 10, man, he just completely let us down. We had Harvick for a top 10, and he finished 11. So uh, if we didn't hit the 33-1 to and some of these other ones, 650 uh, for the winner, you know, with 2X, if he didn't give us a whole bag of cash, we probably would be pretty pissed about that just missing. We added Hamlin for a top five. Obviously, that was looking good until it absolutely wasn't. So, uh, yeah, just a a few misses there, but a really great day at Sonoma, which is why I love looking back at it. Uh, Road courses, though, I mean, are they lame now? I don't know. (laughs) Twitter seemed to really be uh, hating on it. Some people trying to say that they liked it. I I don't know. Uh, I like making money, so I guess that is what matters to me. If the, you know, Monday morning quarterback situation is playing out here, I think Maybe, just maybe, NASCAR overcorrected a little bit when they added like six or seven road course races to the schedule, including the one we have coming up in a couple weeks uh, or a couple races now at Chicago. So maybe they overcorrected. Maybe we should just go back to the OG courses with Sonoma and Watkins Glen and uh, just keep it at those two. Those were very special when it was just those two. So I don't know. Maybe just my opinion there for that one. So Let's move ahead. All right, we're going to keep this moving here because, like I said, the quality of this episode, sound quality, I should say, uh, the picks are going to be great. You better believe that. But the sound quality, I understand. I'm on my AirPods right now. I am on vacation in Nantucket and uh, just uh, an island off of Cape Cod up there in Massachusetts. And it's been a great week as far as the weather, Um, getting a lot of beach days in. And, you know, feeling good. But the thing is, and I think I mentioned this last year when I had a a vacay episode um, up in Cooperstown, we'll be there in a month or so. It's not a vacation with kids. I mean, I am just getting my absolute ass kicked uh, by these kids just beach every day and playgrounds and running through town and not sleeping. It's just a nightmare, you know, because then we get the kids down. We got everyone here. We got like a bunch of people at this house. you want to just hang out and we end up hanging out to like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., drinking and the kids just out of their element are waking up way too early and I just feel like I am a zombie right now. Um, absolutely no chance for me to record inside the house because it echoes like crazy and there's like four or five kids in the house right now. I, it is nap time right now and I am very loud so I would be waking everybody up. So I'm currently staring at a lighthouse, all right? Inside a vehicle in our driveway. I don't have my normal microphone. I got my AirPods and my laptop and that's it. So I'm just ripping and running here trying to get this through. I am sweating my dick off uh, in this hot sun, in this hot car. So just just that excited really to talk Nashville. Um, I needed to get some notes down. I was perusing the books a little bit on the beach when I wasn't being sent to the ocean and back for the 150th time by my two-year-old, and uh, found some picks that I was into. So I wanted to jot some notes down and get that out there and, and put a vacay pod out there. Because, I, like I said, I haven't missed one since we started, and I don't plan on doing that. Uh, so let's talk about Nashville because it's the third time back at this track. And both races, and I was trying to think, like, is it good racing? I'm not really sure. And I was looking at the, the 
Jeff Gluck poll wasn't a good race poll. And both races registered in the 70 percentile. Um, so I guess that's generally good for what you're looking for. Now, as far as what to make of this racetrack, iFantasy Racing has this as a unique track. So it makes it a little bit tougher to cap a little bit. So the data set that I'm working with here, the two races at Nashville obviously are super important. We really have to you know, dive into those and see where guys finish and how they raced uh, when you're looking at this as far as your, your data. But um, definitely focus a little bit more on the 2022 race because of the next-gen situation. Total speed is something that I'll call out. Um, obviously, win the race. They're pre-qualifying rankings. We love those. I fantasy race mentioned them a second ago called out. If you're looking for something to pull from, from the 2023 season, he's got Dover and the high speed mile and a half track. So that's four races total in 2023. That will be kind of looking at as quote unquote comp tracks. Uh, that's Vegas, Dover, Kansas, and Charlotte. So uh, just to get, you know, a little bit of a sense of drivers being, you know, useful enough this year. So, as far as the track stats are concerned, we typically hit that, and uh, nobody has won from the pole in two starts here. As a matter of fact, they're two for two, starting in the top five, the fourth place starting position and a fifth place starting position. So um, obviously, that's pretty important. So when we're looking at qualifying for this weekend, it's a pretty big deal. We want to make sure that you know the guys who we're betting on are going to qualify well, and and then if you do that and they don't qualify well, well, adjust a little bit and take some of those guys in that top five to 10 starting range. Um, so because of that, nobody has started outside of the top 20. And the manufacturer trend, it's pretty simple. Chevy's won both races. It's been Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. So pretty straightforward. So speaking of the devil, okay, I want to talk about the first outright pick that I've got here, and it's Kyle Larson. And I know it's very chalky. He's at the top of the board right now. He's plus 500 on most books current favorite, but on Barstool, he's plus 600, so it's a little bit better value there, and I, for the last, we've had a, a couple weeks now to kind of stew on this, and I've been waiting for, you know, what the odds were going to be when I came out, and Larson was the guy that I kind of had my eyes on. want to look at the downsides of this pick first, all right? First of all, in 2023, on these comp tracks, as we say, the numbers aren't great. I mean, his average finish is 16.3, 16.3, excuse me. Now, the interesting thing about that is the last 10% of the race, things are just going haywire for him. He's got an average running position with 90% of the races completed in these four tracks at 9.8, but then he drops like a rock to 16.3. So that last 10% of the race, something's going on for Larson on these contracts. Um, the difference here though, is even though that average finish isn't that good is driver rating in those races is seventh out of everyone, 94.1. Now win the race has him ranked eighth overall. So the fact of the matter is there may be some value on Larson later in the week. All right. Because he's the favorite right now. Plus 600 is the best number that I'm seeing. So if you don't like plus 600 and you don't like the fact that clearly on these for comp tracks in 2023 he hasn't been that great, then maybe you will be able to get him later. I just wanted to make sure I called him out during my recording because I really like what I'm seeing at Nashville because he's an absolute beast. He has been in these two tracks, or two races rather. He won the race in 2021. He finished 
fourth in the race last year. His total speed last year was ninth, but he got the best out of that car. His average finish in those two races at Nashville is first compared to everyone. That's 2.5. And his driver rating is 123.9. Again, that is first. So really good top of the board on those two categories. Now, here's a little thing that I was looking up. Looking at the last three off weeks, right? Because we're coming off of an off week for NASCAR. It's the only one that they have this year. Looking back the last few years, the last three off weeks, I wanted to see if anybody comes back well-rested and is able to perform well. And the answer to that is yes. And that person is Kyle Larson. In those three races, after the off weeks, he's got two wins and three top three finishes. So, my goodness, Kyle Larson, I don't know what he's doing. If he's going on vacation, hopefully, uh, if he's looking for rest, he's not doing my kind of vacation. But, you know, you get the drift. He's coming back ready to roll. So, plus 600 for Larson is the first place that I'm going. The next one that I'm looking at is Ross Chastain. Plus 1,200. That's the value that I'm getting here. I'm getting double-digit value on a guy who's fourth in points. Okay, I'll take that, right? Not too shabby. And 2023, the four comp tracks, he's seventh in average finish. It's 10.3. His driver rating, a little bit better than that. Fifth. So serviceable, right? For a guy who's 12 to 1, kind of gives me vibes a little bit of like Truex last week. Um, so double-digit odds on a guy who's not too shabby. And then looking at the total speed last year in the 2022 race at Nashville, he was fifth and he finished fifth. So he's definitely, you know, if you don't like him to win the race, he's definitely somebody to kind of keep in your portfolio this weekend in some way, shape, or form. At Nashville, his average finish in two races is 3.5. He finished second and fifth. So two for two, finishing in the top five. Maybe that's something that you're interested in. Fourth in driver rating those two races. So very good there. 107.7. When the race has him ranked seventh. So him and Larson, you know, kind of right next to each other there. It seems like this season, maybe Ross is like lacking a little bit here. But I kind of see him in my perspective right now as a little bit of a snake in the grass at a racetrack like this. He's clearly gotten good finishes. He's gotten good results. So we'll see. If Ross Chastain can get it done for us here, he was, I wanted to throw a little something in there, you know, because I went so chalky with the first pick with Larson, Chastain, 12 to one seemed to be, you know, the best bang for my buck right now in the week. So that's what I'm putting out there. Chastain, 12 to one and Kyle Larson, six to one. So that'll wrap up our outrights here on this episode. Just want to wish them a, a, a merry off season and a happy Christmas. All right, so I don't know if it's because I'm sitting in a 100-degree car or if it's because i got to finish this up before my kids get up from their nap, and I don't want to feel the wrath of my wife here, but this episode definitely moving quite fast, and I don't necessarily hate that. So i got two things to talk about here in this tiny little segment. Um, one is a top 10 pick that I'm feeling good about, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the guy that I'm calling out for the toolhangers.com one and done pool. I haven't talked about that in a little while, partly because I've just been brutal in that, some brutal luck. Uh, so I'll, I'll talk about who I'm taking in that one as well. So let's talk top 10. There's a guy that stands out to me right now. He's ranked 12th on win the race. Bubba Wallace, minus 110 
to finish in the top 10. And this is the best spot as far as like the rankings there on win the race. You know how much I, I respect those and how good they've been for us. Combine that ranking with the value that you're seeing here on Barstool for a top 10 at minus 110. It's the best situation, the best combo situation that I can find here. So he was on a bit of a tear from about Martinsville to the Coke 600. He had three top fives, four top tens in six races. Last couple, not so great gateway in Sonoma for old Bubba Wallace there. But in general, I think most would agree he's in some pretty solid form. So at Nashville, in two races, 2021, he finished 20th. Then last year, he definitely jumped up, improved quite a bit, got a 12th place finish out of it there. So not bad at all. Total speed last year in the 2022 race, he was 10th. And he ends up getting that 12th place finish. So some good stuff from what we're seeing here from Bubba Wallace. Now in the 2023 comps, this is where he kind of gets a little juicy here because he's ninth in driver rating in those four races, 93.2. And his average finish is 6.0. That's third. I mean, that's pretty damn good. So you're telling me that Excuse me, at Nashville, seems to be calling Nashville like Nash Vegas recently. So uh, I don't know. I guess that was a Freudian slip there. But we're going to Nashville at a track where he's improved. He showed a lot of speed last year in the next gen car. Seems like, you know, he's flirting with that top 10. And then this season, he's been in good form in general lately. But on these four tracks that we're saying are loosely connected to Nashville. 6.0 average finish. I am like shocked that we're getting him at minus 110. So mark me down. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eyes peeled on him in practice and also keeping my eyes peeled for a head-to-head matchup with Bubba Wallace. I haven't seen one that I absolutely love yet. So I will be following that throughout the week. And if you are listening to this and you've got one, uh, you are digging the, the Bubba pick here at this track you see a head-to-head matchup that you like, let me know because I will tell that for sure. So uh, Bubba Wallace, top 10 to minus 110 is where I'm going there for the finishing position. Now, toolhangers.com, our guy Jordan over there, they do a great thing for us. They are sponsoring the one-and-done pool. A lot of other podcasters in the NASCAR gambling world are in this. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to pull it up right now because I am not doing well. I'm, I'm pulling my phone up here to take a look at the standings just to give you an update on like where we're at. I know Chris from the Flag Hunting Pod does a great job. If you follow them on Twitter, he does a great job of uh, putting that out there for people to follow and also, you know, the listeners. Um, so if you follow their podcast, you get to vote on who you would like to put into the pool that week. And uh, we've been having a listener's entry and they are doing pretty damn good the listeners are fifth out of 13 people in this pool i am 11th so really not good especially when you consider that derek yoder is in 13th place and he missed an event so uh, i am towards the bottom and it's not by lack of effort i have just been getting absolutely screwed with luck right so i hold out hope for the big guys i throw larson in and he finishes like horrible um i throw chase in there and he he just completely doesn't come through for me uh, so the the big name guys i've been holding out on just haven't gotten it done so it's a real shame like for example uh reddick 
at Sonoma. That was my last one. I mean, seemed like a great pick, right? I was kind of saving him for a road course, and there it is. Just didn't work out for me. So this week, I'm kind of stepping away a little bit and just saying, like, okay, fundamentals here. I'm going with Ryan Blaney in this pick. I have not used him yet this season, and he's just been so great this season. Just overall, really solid. And I am not going to play any more games, right? I want to take what seems to be the best driver in the sport right now. He's just hot. Almost pulled off a great finish at Sonoma after a really bad starting position. Um, and he's got the monkey off his back with the win. So just really good stuff. If you're looking at Nashville, he finished 20, uh, 21, rather. He finished like 37. The guy got into an accident. Okay, can't really dig too far into that. But last year, he finished third. He's fifth in average finish looking at the comp tracks this season and then third in driver rating. So I need a boost. If I'm going to catch uh, Ryan Stevens from win the race, he's dominating right now. He's up there with Ian from the flag hunting pod at one, two. I'm almost 200 points back. So I need something. We still have a long part of the season left. Um, and when we get to the NASCAR playoffs, we get to choose two drivers each week. So um, that's going to be an opportunity to maybe make up some ground, but I got to get something here. So Ryan Blaney is my pick this week for the one and done pool from toolhangers.com. That's toolhangers with a Z. All right. All right. All right. So let's get to some head to head matchups here. And I was looking, hoping to be able to throw in a little vacay parlay. Did that last year and was very close to hitting or it did hit. I can't remember last summer when we were in Cooperstown. Uh, for the Pocono race, I believe it was. But uh, the matchups that I found this week, it was a little tough for sledding, I thought, to find some good ones. And the two that I'm calling out here are not on the same sports book. So I can't call it the vacay parlay. I can't throw that little uh, fun tagline on it. But still have some good head-to-head matchups here that I feel strongly about. So we're going to start with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And I'm taking him over Daniel Suarez. The reason is because he's plus 125 on Barstool in this matchup, and I do not, for the life of me, understand these odds. In the two races that we've had at Nashville, they are one and one against each other head-to-head. They have the exact same average finish. It's 11.0. So, you know, what you're saying there is that these two are pretty damn even at this racetrack in two races, right? One up, one down race for for both of them and they finished kind of in the same exact spot overall when the math shakes out odd situation even though they're quite even at nashville to be getting plus 125 that's intriguing so let's move forward here when the race has this as a five spot excuse me four spot advantage to stenhouse they've got him ranked four spots higher than suarez so that really makes me say all right let me look harder at this again and then you know he gets the most if you're looking back at the 22 race he he gets a lot out of his equipment Nashville. i mean he was slow the the total speed rankings and you're looking through the different segments different types of speed late in the race um green flag speed it's just slow all around he's in the 20s for a lot of those metrics and he ends up pulling himself together and salvaging a 16th place finish last year at this race. So not too shabby there for Ricky Stenhouse. And 
2021, he finished top 10. He got a sixth place finish. I mean, I originally started getting on to Stenhouse when we were looking at top 10 numbers. And then I was like, man, plus 125 to just beat one guy? Like, let's take a look. So how's he doing in 2023? Right? What do we got going on in 2023? This year, on these four, I'm saying air quotes, air quotes comp tracks, uh, but it's something for us to look at. He is better as far as an average finish, better in driver rating. He is absolutely crushing him in points. Who would have thought that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. would be flirting with a playoff position here and Daniel Suarez is like 70 points back in the point standings. It's more than a full race to Ricky Stenhouse. A lot of people had Suarez really high regard going into the season, and now we're sitting here talking about uh, a head-to-head matchup where, in my opinion, this is a no-brainer. Uh, if they were even money, like minus 115 a piece or something like that, I might have a little bit more, you know, hesitance to just kind of relax a little bit and, and not push the pound button on this, but I like it. Plus money, where really there's not a single metric that I can find where Suarez has the advantage over Stenhouse in this race, like going into it with the data set. So Stenhouse over Suarez. Uh, we, we faded Suarez last week. Dow, who was kind of another off the beaten trail, not really a big name guy, uh, big name or big manufacturer, car, team, whatever, doing the same thing this week with Stenhouse. So uh, let's lock that in and hopefully that number stays there for you and you have the ability to log into Barstool and hit that number. Now, the other one that I'm looking at is on DraftKings, all right? This is Denny Hamlin over Chris Rebell, his teammate. And we're kind of the opposite here. This is minus 125, which the value, you know, is the com- complete opposite of what we just talked about. But the reason to like this one is just the numbers alone. So this is the biggest discrepancy I could find when it comes to win the race in their pre-qualifying rankings. Denny Hamlin's ranked number one, by the way, on that website. This is a 10-spot difference. It's pretty rare to find something double-digit spot difference in a head-to-head matchup. But when we see it, I feel like I got to really jump on it. So we have Denny ranked first, Chris Rebell obviously then ranked 10th. And Denny Hamlin, 2021, he finished 21st. And last year, he finished 6th at Nashville. So his average finish, because of that 21st place finish in, in the first race here, average finish isn't that great. But his driver rate, so that's telling you that, you know, whatever happened in 2021, he really did have a good car and he put a lot together. And we look at last year, right? Last year he finished sixth, but he dominated everyone as far as driver rating, 131.2. That is pretty rare to see someone have that good of a driver rating and finish outside the top five. He was second in total speed only to Martin Truex Jr., who we're not really talking about, uh, in this episode, but he is definitely someone to have on your radar uh, looking at the metrics from this racetrack, but I digress. Get back to Hamlin over Bell here. This seems like this season, you know, he is just on one. He has put together a a good resume to why you would want to take him week in and week out. He kind of got over that hump, and now he's a factor each week. Um, And then you look at Christopher Bell, right? Hamlin in the 2023 season on these four tracks has him beat. Just like we said about Stenhouse and Suarez, he has him beat in the average finish. 
13.0 to 17.8. Driver rating is 106.5 to 91.5. Just Denny going to roll right through this matchup, in my opinion. Minus 125 makes sense to me as to why he's such a heavy favorite. Um, you're not even getting plus money on Bell on the other side of it. It's minus 105. So even if you wanted to play the devil's advocate here and just say, oh, you know, I like the value, you're not even getting plus money. So, again, there's not a metric that I can find to say, all right, well, Christopher Bell definitely is going to roll right through Denny Hamlin. No, I, I complete opposite. Beg to differ. Hamlin over Bell is the play. It's on DraftKings, and I'm going to get that because I think Hamlin has position to go out and qualify really well, and then all of a sudden this is not going to be there or the value is going to even be more inflated. So I like it. So to recap those two head-to-heads that I'm loving here on this vacay, I want it to be the vacay parlay. Stenhouse over Suarez, plus 125. Hamlin over Bell, minus 125. So those are the head-to-head. And then just a quick one. You're seeing Chevy, just a quick throw in here. You're seeing Chevy, minus 110 to win the race. Give me Hendrick Motorsports. All right, give me Hendrick Motorsports plus money here. Um, They are just definitely... A group that to that could go out there and get it done. We got Larson who's won a race. Elliott's won a race. Byron is just kicking the shit out of everyone this season, as far as this season's metrics are concerned. And it's just really impressive what this team has done. So you're getting plus money. I don't want to give up minus money for Chevy because you know we mentioned Chastain, but I'm I'm really into just the plus money for the big guns at Hendrick Motorsports. And we're not even throwing in Alex Bowman, who he shows up here on some of these metrics as well in the 2023 season. He's missed a couple races, but, you know, Bowman is eighth in driver rating. You know, not too not too shabby. He's fourth in average finish on the four tracks or the two that he's been a part of. So 7.5, just digging into Bowman there just to say, like, hey, let's not forget about him. So if you're getting plus money for Hendrick Motorsports, that's something that I'm very interested in as a last-minute throw-in here to wrap up this episode. So how we'll end the picks section and I'll just finish things out by saying this weekend I will not be or excuse me this week I will not be on the NASCAR betting preview show I apologize I wish those guys good luck listening to the replay on my way home I'm, we're driving home Friday night so I'll be listening to that after the truck race but, uh, I will be on the insider's room on Sunday around noon I believe with our guy Rye Kate so he does that show before the race every Sunday, and that's going to be something that I'm looking at uh, being on there this Sunday and, and jumping on with him. So that should be fun. So with that, thank you for listening to another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We really appreciate you doing that, even though it's an abbreviated episode. Hopefully you had some fun with me here tonight, and we win some bets and get ready for the Chicago Street Course next week. Remember, drive fast, take chances. Hello, place to go. Hello, place to go. Darling, hello, place to go. Hello, place to go.
right 